everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Hater Radio. I am co-host Ian Gibson with uh, main host uh, Chris McLean. Chris, how are we doing this week, man? Hey, I'm good, Ian. Uh, glad to have you as the host this week. Yeah. Well, yeah, now I'll be the uh, ho- host. We'll put that on uh, this one for this week. So I'll be <laughs> the one kind of uh, steering the bus uh, this week. Uh, before we get started, go with the uh, socials and where you could follow us. Uh, our uh, website uh, at uh, haterradio.com, of course, and the uh, social media is on Twitter and Instagram at uh, hater underscore radio, uh, both on Instagram and uh, Twitter. Uh, for me, uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and YouTube are all under G Gator G, uh, capital G underscore Gator underscore capital G. And uh, Chris is one to shout out uh, your handles are the same as the uh, hater, uh, hater radio handles to reach you. Yeah, I have personals, but I just, I mean, I don't really talk football on most of them on the personals. So I just mainly keep it on the Hater Radio, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. Copy, copy. So let's uh, let's get right into it because uh, last week uh, I saw a thing, um, a sign that said this is 2007 season 2.0. And I'm starting to believe that because I saw another thing where it was the preseason top 10. Almost every team has lost a game at to, at this point. It is, or at least has been upset. Um, it's crazy. It's you know, it seems like every year we have like you know chaos um, in college football, but like to the extent that we're having it this early in the year is insane. The only year I remember it kind of being this chaotic was I believe it was like 2011, 2010 around that time. Um, when TCU was still in the Mountain West and they were knocking it on the door because a lot of teams like the number two team kept losing um, and that. And, of course, 2007 is the best example of that. Um, but, anyways, let's get started with the week. Our first game we're reviewing here, Michigan State Rutgers. Uh, Michigan State uh, kind of a uh, bit slow out of the start, uh, but they hung on to pull away in the uh, second half and uh, got the win against uh, Ville fellow Big Ten team. They remain undefeated uh, in the Big Ten uh, with a 31 to 13 uh, victory. Um, Kenny Walker of uh, Michigan State uh, really has kind of gone under the radar for a lot of people, but he had a great game. Um, It was over 200 yards rushing, a touchdown. Um, Thorne was very efficient uh, as well in uh, the passing game, over 330 yards and three touchdowns. Um, the defense did a good job of containing Rutgers uh, for it. Yeah, you know, dude, that's what I was talking about last week. It's that Michigan State team is sneaky. Like, no one's talking about them. Like, literally, there's not – like, I don't hear them talked about at all. And it's primarily because they haven't really played anybody. So, you know, it's kind of, you know, no one talks about if you're not playing Ohio State or Penn State or Michigan. And they will play those guys, so they will get that chance. But, um, you know, it's 6-0. and You know, they've beaten everyone in front of them. They beat Miami on the road, which, you know, Miami sucks this year. But still, that's a solid victory on, on the road, power five opponent. Um you know, I I like what they're doing on offense. They're probably, I'd say, second best offense in the Big Ten besides Ohio State. Like, you know, uh, Thorne puts up pretty big numbers, and Walker is obviously a force. Uh, you know, you could see 
Definitely the potential to finish second in the division. I don't know if they're going to beat Ohio State. I don't think they will because Ohio State's on a roll right now. Like that's a team that you don't want to fuck with, especially after that loss to Oregon. I think that made them even angrier and like more motivated to get back. And I think they have a potential to get back in the mix. They just need to keep winning games, which they've got all those games ahead of them. So, but I still like Michigan State. If they go second, whatever, one loss, even one loss will be really good. They won't get in the playoff because I think Ohio State would get over them, especially if it's like, a you know, who gets in the big 10 championship and then wins it type thing. But, yeah, definitely look out for that Michigan State, Ohio State game may determine that uh, that division. It's the East, right? Is it calling it that? And I don't remember. They had some I think stupid it's the East. Gym. Yeah, it's the East. I remember uh, it used to be called the Leaders and Legends division, right, which was the, the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I remember yeah. when they came out, when they had the Big Ten title, because they had to have divisions at that point. They're like, okay, we're going to do it East and West, North and South. No, we're going to be Leaders and Legends. I was like, that's the lamest possible thing you could possibly think of in that. Well, but <laughs> leave it to the Big Ten to do them do something stupid. I mean, they like they're stuck in like the 1950s when they play football, most of their teams. And yet, like, you know, they're supposed to be this like leader of football. Like you're not even close. The SEC and like the Big 12 are the only ones oh, and the ACC a little bit as well are the ones that play predominantly uh, today's type football. Big Ten plays like slobber knocker you know look at iowa iowa mm-hmm. is a terrible offensive team that just runs the ball when they can and they got a great defense and i won't lie about that mainly timely uh picks and turnovers that really have made them a great team but we'll talk about that more um i don't know i just uh i i want to see this michigan state team what they do and we will get a chance to see them coming up so yeah, and speaking of uh, high octane offense, I mean, if you're, I'm sure, if uh, people are a fan of that, they would have been a fan of the uh, Oklahoma Texas Red River shootout game. Um, I wasn't far off in saying this game would go nuts, and it, yeah, it, it it went off the it went off the Richter scale on this one. This was, I don't know what it is with this rivalry, why like both teams decide to go nuts. Like, it's never, like, it's never a game you could just, like, accurately predict. It's not, like, if anybody told you before this game that, oh, yeah, Texas was going to be up 28-7, to and then Oklahoma was going to come back led by, a you know, you know Caleb Williams uh, coming in, and then win the game in the last seconds on a handoff from the 40-yard line. First of all, ask what those that guy thinks the lottery numbers are be, because that dude is no Shadamas right there. Um <laughs> This was one of the craziest, uh, you know, games I've seen like all like, like all definitely all year uh, alongside in my lifetime. Um, again, leave it to the Big Twelve. wasn't a lot of defense in this one. Um, I I was right in the prediction. I said Oklahoma would win uh, in walk off fashion. I did say it would be a field goal, um, but more it, it was it was and it was that walk off handoff. Yeah, uh, there's yeah. a funny story I want to mention to this. Um, so I, as you know, and I told you, um, I was actually at the Florida Vandy game last week. So that game was going on in between, um, the Gator game. So when they was stopping, my cousin would put it on the phone to, you know, keep an eye on it. So the Vandy game ended before the, uh, Oklahoma, Texas. And I like, seriously, 
This is like something you would see out of the Simpsons or like Saturday Night Live. We're walking through the bookstore and about to go downstairs to where we parked. And we have the game on our phone. And it's right when Oklahoma scores the game-winning touchdown. And I'm not I, – I promise, cross my heart, swear to die, this happened. As we go down the stairs, Oklahoma just scores the game-winning touchdown. Walking up the stairs or going around the corner – and walking right past us was a dude wearing a Texas Longhorns jersey, <laughs> completely oblivious about what just happened that his team just lost. Because literally me and my cousin were like, holy crap, I can't believe Oklahoma. And then we see him and we just like stop, look, make sure he's out of our line of sight. And then we start laughing. <laughs> I, I can't make... I can't make that up because I'm sure he was going to see because, like, they had the game on the TVs after the Gator game in the bookstore. But, like, the dude, like, didn't have a clue in the world what just happened. And it was, it was like, it was nuts. Poor dumb bastard. I, yes, precisely. <laughs> but he didn't I mean, know. That just added, but he was he, completely oblivious, so he didn't even know. So he's just like. Yeah, he's like, seriously, he, he didn't know, didn't look at us, didn't look at anybody. He just was, like, walking up the stairs wearing his Longhorns jersey. It's like. Where in the world that just adds to the insanity of this game? It's like, where in the world would you be watching the game on your phone after watching a Gator game in Gainesville and see a Texas Longhorn fan there in the bookstore? It would absolutely that you know that had to be some divine intervention there, man, because that was crazy. Just like the game, I think the real story of this though wasn't the fact that Oklahoma came back, but now the quarterback controversy from this. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Caleb Williams came in, um, Lincoln Riley straight up, you know, benched Spencer Rattler in parts of the game. Caleb Williams came in on the first play of the game, uh, ran a big touchdown and had a big pass play as well. Um, it looks like there's a, you know, definitely a changing in the wind here. Uh, there in Norman, Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, you know, Rattler hasn't looked that good. And, you know, in the games that they won, they were close. Like, I'd say almost every game they've played so far this year has been like a one-score game. And, you know, to really flirt with disaster every week has been kind of probably pissing Lincoln Riley off. And so it got to a point where they were down big. You know, like they said, like you said, it was 28-7. to Like, it could have been over. You know, they could have stuck with Rattler and they could have got blown out. But he was like, you know what? We still have an undefeated season. I'm going to take a chance. I know that Caleb is talented. I'm going to put him out there. And boom, he got rewarded with his faith in this kid. And, you know, the season right now for Oklahoma, especially if Caleb Williams plays, the sky is the limit. So they just went from, you know, barely beating some teams to now if he plays every game, they potentially could be blowing people out. So um, I'm excited to see what they do because that gives now where everyone was kind of like down on Oklahoma all year. Now it's like reversing it. It's like, oh, well, now maybe they might be the team to beat because if you think about it, only really them and Georgia are the only teams that are undefeated that are real, like the power five, well, in Iowa, but I know that's not going to last. And Michigan State. Yeah, and Michigan State, but uh, and, and Michigan too. But uh, yeah, just, Michigan. But all those teams play a lot of big games. I don't know how much Oklahoma has left besides the Big 12 championship. They have Oklahoma State and 
Oklahoma State is probably going to decide the game. I know they play Oklahoma State at the end of the year. They always play them at the end of the year. The only other game I could think of is, like, you know, Iowa State. But, I mean, that certainly has lost a lot of luster because Iowa State just hasn't had the same magic as they had last year. Yeah, I mean, so really it's just that Oklahoma State game, which means if Oklahoma State wins out as well, there will be two games of that, which makes it even tougher for Oklahoma. But – Oklahoma could stand to lose one of those games and still get into the playoffs. So I think, I think it's possible for them. Especially it, if they're blo- for sure. For sure. And especially if they're blowing everyone out after the, the QB switch, you know, once they like, cause that's what I think the, the committee will take into account is the fact that they were struggling with this quarterback. The new one comes in and they're doing a lot better. They're going to get rewarded for that move, especially if they go forward and start blowing people out, which they could, because I'm sure they've got like uh, Texas tech and like uh, TCU or whatever. Yeah. Some of these like run of the mill teams that aren't that good this year. And, you know, I think I, I am almost positive if Caleb Williams does as well as he did on Saturday that I can guarantee a playoff spot for them. Now I'm saying that right now. I know that's a bold statement because there's a lot left, but I'm just saying the potential of this kid, he seems to rally around like the team rally around him. So, you know, if he can do that just with one game, imagine, you know, him as the starter in practice, getting them ready. Like it could be a completely different team going forward. And, you know, the, this I, I've heard a lot of reports that Rattler's a bit of an asshole and that a lot of people don't like him. And it could be evident by how they're playing that, like, they're not behind their leader. And if you're not behind your leader, your fucking team is not going to be good. No matter how talented you are, if you don't have good leadership, you are fucked pretty much. So, I mean, look at stuff in, like, battles from years past of, like, military generals that are terrible generals, even though they're outnumbering uh, who they're going up against and they lose because the general was terrible and the men had no uh, um, belief in him. So it, it goes, it's a, it, it's a true thing. That's really what it is. You know, I've, I've learned the, the, the history of like civil war battles and like military stuff from my dad all over the years. And like, it definitely plays true into sports as well. It's very, uh, um, a very good metaphor for each other. Um, yeah. So I, I just, I'm excited to see what Oklahoma does. Cause it's sky's the limit at this point. Yeah. The last thing I'll mention of this, it's kind of similar. This happens in football, but it's kind of similar to how they do it in hockey. Usually when they pull a goalie, um, it's not because they, you know, think, well, sometimes it is because the goalie's bad, but it's to, like, you know, pump the team team up, kind of like put, a, you know, a little fire on them. That's what I think it was there. Because as of right now, Lincoln Riley has still not decided to start her, um, which is very interesting. As of Wednesday night. As of Wednesday yeah, night, he's so not. let everyone know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wednesday yeah. night. He's not decided to start, which is very, you know, interesting. So we'll see how that develops as well. Um, but anyways, speaking of Big 12-like games and crazy finishes, um, Arkansas and Ole Miss, um, this was pretty much everything it was hyped to be as a, you know, real uh, battle of up-and-coming uh, up teams now. Um, fa- you know, fantastic game, fantastic offense. Um, once again, the defense didn't really um, come out uh 
real strong here on both sides. Um, Ole Miss got to a big lead um, and to the end of the second half, they were up. I believe they got up to be like, you know, 24 14 but after that both teams just you know well it wasn't like more than two possessions after that for long um good uh good games on uh, both sides Matt Corral didn't have you know the pro again I think people need to like temper the expectations of Matt Corral he's not going to have those like 500 yard games and stuff it's all you know you just can't have that every game, uh, but he had an overall ga- good game. I think this was more of a very good, you know, and I don't mean this in a bad way. It was very good, you know, game managing kind of way. He knew this game was kind of getting out of hand. So he just gave it to the hot hands, uh, especially with Parrish, the Russian attack um, and giving it to the hot receivers there. Um, but anyways, good, uh, good game. And I will say, um, you know, a lot of people, I kind of would expect because uh, what happened was Arkansas scored a touchdown with no time left. And if they kicked the field goal, they would have gone in overtime. So the score would have been 52, 52. Um, but Sam Pittman decided to go for two and win the game. And I'm, I'm sure there was a bunch of people that said that's a terrible call and stuff like that. But I thought that was a good call. Cause I said, I remember I like that was the another... call. I love the call. I Damn, think it's a great I, I love the call too. It, it wasn't only for the fact that I love coaches going for the win, but he was like, Pittman was probably realistic and thinking like, okay, my defense hasn't stopped Ole Miss all game. What makes me think they're going to stop him in overtime or get like one stop in overtime? So he yeah. made the right call. He's like, I'd rather take my chances three yards away on one play than an entire overtime. Um, well, several that. overtimes because it's like, yes, it could have been they, several they, overtimes. They might be able to get like one or two touchdowns in the overtime, but they're not going to be able to keep going back and forth with them. And because, you know, Lane is probably the smartest offensive mind outside of like Dan Mullen and like um, like maybe Jimbo Fisher and all of college Mike football Leach. and Mike Leach. Like those guys, you know, if Lane is out there, he's going to he's got plays. He's probably got like 10 uh, two point conversions ready to go. If case, you know, they get into that point and, um, you know, they, they almost had three rushers run for over a hundred yards. Matt Corral was six yards away. So huge day running the ball was able to just gash them they Had five TDs rushing, um, Matt Corral, even though he didn't have like a huge monster passing game, it was still that, uh, that touchdown at the end. That was a beauty. And then that guy was kind of wide open, but like, man, that was, and what a play call by Lane. I was like, fuck. I was, I, I just happened to turn it on right as that play was going down. And I was like, oh my God. And he just outpaced him. And I watched when Arkansas took, uh, took over the ball and they were moving down the field. And like you said, it was the right move to go for two. It really was because it was like, they had no they they had no confidence in their defense to make stops, and it was also they were struggling to move the ball. So it wasn't like they were moving like effectively, where it was like they're just right up and down the field and getting there. But it was it definitely was the right call. I think it was worthwhile. You know, it sucks that they didn't make it. I didn't really see like if there was anything in that play that like stood out to me. I just looked like it was. Just something that uh, Arkansas just, it just didn't, didn't develop. Yeah, I guess I. I, really I wasn't a big know. fan of the boot play because I guess the way it looked like was that they're trying to like uh, get the defense to bite one way and yeah. have the quarterback roll out uh, to find the open receiver, but the defense, you know, the Ole Miss defense just didn't fall for it. I mean, I think 
I mean, because like, you know how Florida ran for it on their two point conversion against Alabama. Maybe that would have been the right move. Like just like do some kind of option with Jefferson and the, the running back and just like, you know, do get get to the corner. And then if someone commits, you pitch it. And then maybe that running back would be wide open into the end zone. You never know. I I don't know. It's tough because it's really close and it's like. You know, they didn't have much time. I don't think they had time out. So they just had to call in a play and fucking go. Like no. it was like, it was like, hurry up and go so that we don't get a penalty here and, you know, have to kick the extra point anyways. But great game. You know, I love both of these teams. They're like um, two very good teams that this isn't over for either of them. I mean, Ole Miss has already played Alabama. The rest of it is like downhill for them at this point. I know they have a lot of tough games left, but still it's like, I mean, they've got a lot of momentum with Ole Miss and they're it's all in front of them. Yeah. And the, and the offense is really fucking good. Like it's probably, I don't know what the rankings are for them, but I'm almost guaranteed they're one of the top, like top five. They've got to be. And you know, which is remarkable considering uh, where uh, Ole Miss was like two years ago with fucking what's his face, the uh TV repairman guy, whatever his name was. I can't even remember oh, yeah. that guy's name. The, the 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 guy before um yeah oh, before oh, Lane. Why, I can't even I remember his, his name. name. He was a bug. No, it was it the it was the coach. No, it was the coach who was at Liberty. It wasn't no, that him. was Hugh Freeze. That Hugh, Hugh Freeze, Freeze. That's what I was saying. Yeah. It was. It wasn't so Hugh Freeze. Went, yeah, it was the guy after that. Yeah, they went on like probation or whatever, and then this guy took in. I think his name was Matt or Matt Luke or something like that. Um, whatever, it doesn't matter. But he, they were terrible when he was there. They weren't really like doing anything. They had an okay offense, but then it was like, man, Lane comes in last year, and you could see it even in that Florida game in the first game last year that they were going to score some points, and they did it against oh, yeah. Alabama last year. They didn't really do it this year, which was surprising. I don't know what happened in that game. I know there was a lot of those fourth downs that really didn't go their way, but regardless, I like Ole Miss, man. I could really see them. They, they, you know, we're going to talk about their game coming up this week, which is a huge game, but man, look out for this Ole Miss team, just like that Michigan state team. Those are two teams that could be in the mix for stuff later in the year. So Ole Miss, Michigan state, watch out now. Definitely straight up Uh, moving on to our uh, next game. Another uh, SEC battle here. Uh, Georgia gets a statement win over the uh, Auburn Bulldog or Auburn Tigers. Sorry. um, In a 34 to 10 uh, victory. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. uh, Deep South's oldest rivalry and the Bulldogs prevail in uh, Auburn uh, between the hedges. Uh, defense, you know, once again was kind of the story with the Bulldogs. They they gave absolutely no breathing room uh, for Bo Nix, Bigsby. That entire that was the thing that surprised me the most. I knew they were going to try to pressure Bo Nix, make him uncomfortable, and they did a very good job of that. But they just shut down Tank Bigsby, who was like the engine for that offense. Uh, B- Bigsby only had twenty eight yards the whole game. Um, so an incredible effort by Georgia's defense. Again, you know, as much as I don't like them as a Gator friend, I have no problem admitting that is probably the best de- this is up there with probably the best defense in the country. Um they just they've you know shut down Auburn, they shut down uh Arkansas, uh, you know, Arkansas just put up 51 points and they, you know, blank them. Um 
again, offensively, again, wasn't, you know, as flashy as, you know, you know, as we would like, but again, Georgia offensively doesn't play flashy. They played Georgia, uh, Georgia, you know, primarily did a lot of running plays. Stetson Bennett had a couple, you know, passes here and there, mostly on those play action passes. We saw that a lot of guys open once the defense bit in, uh, but overall, uh, statement went for the Bulldogs and the only uh, threat left to them is Florida now. Um, well, and Kentucky, um, but at least the big major threat looming now. Well, what about Tennessee, though? I mean, we haven't really talked yeah, much Jordan. about Tennessee because they haven't played like a big matchup yet since they've been kind of revamping what's going on or just rebirthing what are recovering what was going on. But recovering is better. Yeah, yeah. I, I like this Tennessee team. I don't you know, I don't want them to be good because I don't want Florida to have to have a, an, another rival in the beginning of the year. But it's good for the SEC East if Tennessee is good. And, uh, dude, they, they've they smashed both Missouri and South Carolina decidedly, like decisively. You know, like it was – both of those games weren't even close. Like, you know, they were blo- there were blowouts in the beginning, like first quarter. And, uh, you know, look out for Tennessee. And I know that Georgia wants to be like, oh, yeah, we got Kentucky and Florida. We'll worry about them. But you know what, dude, Tennessee is lurking as well. And that's I don't know where that game's at. But if it's at Tennessee, I kind of like Tennessee because Tennessee's got offense, man. And I don't think Georgia can put up enough. I think it's I think it is at Tennessee. Yeah, because I think I think last year the the game was at uh, uh, at Georgia. Georgia. So, dude, like I'm saying, man, like look how much points they're putting up. And you know, in that Florida game, they missed a lot of plays that could have went for bigger chunks. Oh yeah. And like you know, if those are completed like they've been doing recently, I mean, I know they're feasting on bad teams, but. I still am not a believer in this Georgia team as far as like in the entirety. I am. Yes. Okay. They're number one right now. They're they beat Auburn dude. Bo Nix attack, you know, did his usual thing again. Bo pick showed up and look what he did. He threw a, a very bad interception in the first quarter that led to points for Georgia. He uh, was just, he just, couldn't convert first downs on third down. He was terrible on that. Uh, you know, he he's just not a good quarterback. And I just – and it, it wasn't like it was that far off because they had a chance to go down, I think, either three points or seven points at, the, at halftime if they converted a, a, the fourth down there and got the touchdown. So they were not that far off from making it a game, and it's – I don't know. Like as much as everyone wants to give George all this hype. Okay. Yeah. I understand they've got a good defense and I'm not going to diminish that, but the running game isn't that amazing. Only 201 yards. That's good, but not like 300 yards. Uh, Plus their passing attack is not that great because Stetson Bennett, are you kidding me? That, I mean, like, I know he's gotten some plays where, like, they've been wide open. That's not going to happen against a good defense. Like, if he plays against – Well, it's team, because of – like I said, that's Georgia's I know the rushing offense. attack. I know yeah. that's what they do. They do the play action. I understand that. But, like, a better defense is not going to be give that wide open. I don't really no. know how good Auburn's defense is this year. It's like, okay. 
I mean, they beat LSU. Okay. LSU's kind of garbage. Um, you know, uh, they, they didn't, they didn't really do that well against Penn State. They did all right because they were in the, they were close in that game, but they were okay on the road against uh, Penn State. But I don't know. I'm just Auburn's probably like a seven win team this year. While like, you know, who has Georgia played that's really been that good? Clemson has a terrible offense, and I keep, dude, Ian, I keep saying this every week, and I'm waiting until they play a team like Tennessee and hopefully Florida can find some stuff this week against LSU. And then maybe they're one of those teams that shows them. And they're definitely going to play, you know, a team in the West that's either uh, Alabama or um, Ole Miss, you know, which I don't think it'll be Ole Miss because I'm sure Alabama is just going to win out. Uh, but either way, mm-hmm. if they got to I would love to see Georgia play Ole Miss this year. That is a game that like if 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 I really that would be like unsubble force meets and movable yeah. object that Our would offense be, versus uh yeah that would be the fucking game right there like that would truly I could finally put it to bed and be like okay Georgia has a extremely good defense but I mean still like Auburn had 318 yards uh you know 10 points could have been potentially 17 I just I want to see it. I I know it's close to being there, and I and I know they're they're the probably one of the better teams and easier schedules they've had in a long time. But until it actually happens, I won't believe it. But let's. Uh, uh, I, I guess I don't know. I'm just not a believer. That's all I'm going to say. Ian. Yeah, I got. It. I we, we figured that from the beginning <laughs> of the year on uh, that. Anyways. Uh, moving on here, uh, SMU Navy American Conference battle here. Um, Navy actually put the scare on uh, SMU here. Um, definitely wasn't the kind of the game we predicted. Um, as Navy got out to a twenty-one to four, uh, twenty-one to seven lead um, at one point, and I was I was kind of keeping an eye on that one because, like I said, at the Swamp, they had that you know the scoreboard kind of flashing out there, and I saw it was twenty-one to seven Navy. And I was like, oh, boy, that's not looking good for my prediction. Uh, But uh, SMU comes back, literally no joke. The play after Navy scored the touchdown, uh, a kickoff return uh, for SMU. uh, And then Mordecai was able to kind of settle down, get into the zone, definitely had a big passing game, uh, over 40 uh, passing attempts. And he, I think he hit 30 of them, uh, over 300 yards, two touchdowns. and at that point, uh, the SMU uh, defense was able to kind of figure out that option attack for and rushing attack for Navy. Uh, but overall, SMU survives a big scare uh, from the midshipmen and a 31 to 24 uh, victory. What, what do you think about this one, Chris? Uh, I didn't watch the highlights on this one. I, I had to choose on just because I don't have much time right now because I've been working so hard. But uh, I had to choose not to watch this one. But. SMU undefeated, uh, you know, midshipmen kind of having a rough year this year, one and four at this point. I mean, Mordecai is having a solid year. I mean, 75% passing is great. Only one pick. Um, You know, Navy is always going to have a good rushing attack. That's just what they do. But they held them only 177 yards. You know, it's um, (sighs) SMU. They're probably going to challenge Cincinnati for the 
AAC title. And you know what? It could be interesting. I really like the Cincinnati team, but SMU, if they uh, if they play offense the way they normally do, they probably could put up a lot of points. And then it's just up to Cincinnati to really like outscore them. And I don't know if Cincinnati can. Uh, I know they can beat a lot of teams, but I don't know if they're going to outscore a team like Cincinnati, uh, a team like SMU. So, um, I don't know. It's still early. I think that SMU plays Cincinnati in the regular season. Uh, let me see real quick. Yeah, they play November they 20th, do. even before the championship. So, you know, it's not going to determine the championship. Like, the, I think they'll both end up being in it because I think they're in di- di- different divisions. So um, I don't think the American is doing divisions this year. I think it's just straight up. I think it's just one and two. Yeah. Okay. Well, either way, they'll get to play each other again. So um, I don't know. I mean, it's tough right now. I, I'm usually, I do say those are the top two in the American by oh, far. Oh, yeah, by far. Like Memphis sucks and UCF's having a tough year. So like really it's only between SMU and Cincinnati this year. Uh, God, I, I'm tough to say, but it's obviously weeks out. So we'll we'll wait till we get to that point. But I, yeah, I'm liking this SMU team and – you know, keep rolling. You know, they, they played really well against USF last, uh, what is it last week or yeah, it was last week. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, I like, I like what they've got there. They've got a good program. Definitely. Definitely. So uh, moving on here, uh, the next game talking about Florida state, North Carolina, the more things change, the more things stay the same. <laughs> Mac Brown is now Oh, in 11 against Florida state in his career. I Are am you not making me? that. That's what his I'm, record is. I am not making that up. And his that entire coaching fake, man. That does not. I'm not kidding. <laughs> we looked it up because we heard that and we're like, there's no way. And they're like, oh my God, it's true. But for, once again, North Carolina <laughs> loses and gets upset by Florida State. Um, and, and oh man, it's if, you know, the water wasn't in the ship for North Carolina. Now, I mean, it, it's, you know, the sharks are swimming around him at this point. Um, this, this is definitely a very, very disappointing um, year for North Carolina. I think this game has solidified it. Florida State, by far, their best game of the year. Oh, um, yeah, 100%. They, they, and it could have gone in, a, you know, at the beginning, especially in the first quarter, it could have easily been like a typical kind of game we saw from Florida State this year. Florida State went down like 10 nothing. Actually, um, North Carolina was driving on the first play, but they had to settle for a long field goal. I think it was like 10 plays, um, but they had to settle for, I think it was over a 50-yard field goal. Um, and then the next uh, drive um, around the next um couple of drives uh they got a touchdown um on the play uh going into the second quarter and you would have thought 10 nothing Florida State's offense was kind of showing some plays but wasn't really able to convert um and you would have thought okay this is when North Carolina is going to turn the gear on and kind of just put on the afterburners and the exact opposite happened um Florida State came back scored 21 unanswered points and just left North Carolina in the dust. Um, it was definitely probably, you know, you want to talk about upsets? This was probably the biggest upset of the week, and the, neither team was even ranked. Well, um, Alabama. <laughs> the okay, well, true. okay, yeah, okay. Besides the obvious, besides yeah, the yeah. gigantic elephant in the room, that Literally. was definitely one of the most surprising wins. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's 
I know that they're going to get, they got those two wins now, but I don't like their schedule is still very difficult. They have to play Clemson and they have to play Florida and Miami. I Miami is terrible, but I still think Miami is a better team than Florida state right now. And I really think those you are never know what's a rivalry. Yeah, that's true. But I still think that's three losses right there. Then I think they played Boston college, which is a pretty, yes, de- pretty decent team this year. And I really think that Boston college will probably roll them. So that's four losses. The only other win will be that UMass game and UMass is terrible, which, you know, I could see yes. Florida state winning that. So that's three wins. They win. They won three games last year, three games this year. It looks even worse this year because their winning percentage is uh, worse this year. If they win three wins and, you know, uh, cause they'll have more losses, but I don't know, man. I, I don't know what they're waiting for. A lot of recruits are dropping off right now. And uh, you they know. still have the number one, uh, one of the top recruits, though. He said he is dead set committed regardless of the season uh, that he is going to be wearing the spear on his helmet uh, going to Florida State. We'll see, man. We'll see. Because <laughs> it's a lot, it's still a lot of games to lose once those ra- losses start racking up. And you never know. They fired Taggart. After two seasons, they could easily. I think this is. I I don't see them. Honestly, it wasn't even after two. It was in the middle of the second. It was after a year and a half. But this one is just. I I just think this is different. I think this is just more. You know, Florida State. You know, this is more of a Florida State problem than a Willie Taggart problem. Um, and Norville is just kind of there. I I do like Norville as the coach. I still think he is a good coach. You got to remember what he's inheriting is an absolute mess. Um, so I not necessarily some game on I, I would say the Jacksonville State game, that one is on him, but not all of it. I'm gonna lay the burden on him because there's not a lot there, but he's definitely, you know, obviously he has a top recruit. He's you know, just trying to build from nothing is essentially what he's doing. I think the problem is more deeper into the root than just the head coach for Florida State. Yeah, definitely. And that so moving on uh to the next one. Uh once again, another um uh, big uh, surprise game on this one. Boise State, BYU, down go the Cougars. Um, they lose to the uh, Broncos and bit of a deflating loss because now that was one of the, you know, we mentioned it. That was one of their top teams um, they were playing and Boise State wasn't even ranked. Yeah. Um, but now after losing that, um it, it, I'm one. Obviously, I'm not in the mode of like saying, "Oh, BYU season's over," uh, but it is definitely you know kind of a gut wrenching loss, especially with how they lost. Honestly, if there's any BYU fans out there, if you want to know what it was like when the Gators lost to Kentucky a few weeks ago, this is what it was like because BYU could have won this game. Yeah. Uh, they had much more, much more. They had almost as you know, I think they had a hundred more yards than them. Uh, same amount of. Um, uh, over, you know, I think it was over like 20 first downs and time of possession. Boise State killed them on time of possession. But BYU, I saw, um, was watching it. BYU gave up four turnovers. Yeah, that's the difference. That, that is exactly. That was the difference. That was like, you know, like I, I was comparing this to the Kentucky game with Florida where the, all the penalties. It was like, yeah. I don't care who you're playing. You give up that many penalties. And if you're BYU, you give up four turnovers. You're asking to lose that game. Um. Boise State went out. It was 23 um, to 10 at one point. Um, 
And by the time, you know, BYU was making the comeback effort, it, it was just a little too little too late. Boise State was kind of just icing the game at that point. Um, but Boise State gets the win, obviously their biggest uh, win of the year over what was then the 10th ranked and now 19th ranked uh, BYU Cougars. Yeah, and, you know, that game, because I, I saw the final score and I was like, oh, they beat them by nine. That's probably a, a solid win. But it was – you know, Boise State had to kick that field goal late to make it that score. So, like, I think that game was actually a lot closer than it got closer towards the end. But the way yeah. BYU or, or the way Boise State was calling, they were calling the plays to just ice the game at that point, right? Um, just again because they knew a field goal, you know, that was going to put it out of reach. It's still like it. It, like you said, it wasn't that far for BYU to be the 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 victor here. And if they just if they just got if they just don't fumble it once, it, like they or, yeah. or fumble well, it one, four like, times, the, 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 like if they didn't turn it over four times, just like three times, they might have won this game. And uh, and they should have. I'm, I'm yeah. So who like is the the Romney? Uh, grandson is he or is, is it the romney's mitt, mitt romney's son or grandson it's his um, grandson right uh, oh man i don't I think remember it's his grandson because i i, I, I think it's such a big family i can't keep track I, he well, could be his cousin I mean, for all we know yeah it's true we don't know but he's related to mitt romney but so gunner is the wide receiver and then the quarterback is he not the starter anymore He's not the start. He was the backup because in the game where he came in, uh, the starting quarterback was injured. Got it. Okay. I thought he would, cause I, that was the game against USF, right? When he came in or was that another game? No, that was the game against uh, Utah state. Okay. All right. Cause I remember him being in there and I was like, Oh, and then I didn't realize Jaron Hall was the guy that's been the good, good one for them. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, dude, it's it's tough because like a loss like this pretty much eliminates any chance at a playoff, any chance at like a big time bowl. I mean, now it's like they're pretty much re- resolved to like uh, the Independence Bowl, which is terrible that they or get the potato bowl. Yeah, which they get stuck at something like that. But you know what? That's just the way. Well, I, what are they? They're moving to. They're moving to the Big they're 12. They're moving to the right? Big 12. Yeah. yeah. So they're going to. Um, earliest which, would be next season or the season after. Which is I good forgot for them. when they're coming in. Which is good for them because now they'll be able to like win a big conference and potentially be in the mix for playoff stuff. So, you know, they, they don't have to like scavenge for things anymore. Now they've got the, the Big Bowl tie ins as well with the Big 12. So they'll have the Sugar Bowl at least to play for and all kinds of other things. So, yeah, at least they've Sugar got Bowl, that Fiesta on. Bowl. The, yeah, yeah, all they'll, those. They'll yeah, be yeah. laid up much more better opportunities. Yeah, for that. sure. But yeah, uh, Definitely, at least for this season, it's not looking that way for the Cougars. Yeah. Uh, moving on here, uh, we're going to Penn State, Iowa, the top five clash in where college game they should have been. Yeah. Um, and this one, if you want, if Texas and Oklahoma was the definition of a Big 12 game, uh, Penn State and Iowa was the definition <laughs> of a Big 10 game. Uh, this game was, you know, trench warfare, you know, very slow, very methodical. Um, just defense is not giving each other an inch on either side. Um, Penn State got to a uh, lead. They went up 20 to 10 in two possessions. At that point, it looked like they could have done it. But earlier in the game, the big turning point was that Sean Clifford uh, was injured and removed from the game. Um, and Sean Clifford, it wasn't like a 
I, I don't want to say Sean Clifford wasn't playing bad, but he wasn't, he didn't have, you know, two interceptions at that point. Uh, and he was almost at 150 yards, but you could tell when Sean Clifford uh, came out um, in that game and uh, Robertson came in, it, the offense was completely different. It was a completely different uh, offense and way they were calling the plays uh, for the Nittany Lions. And at that point, Iowa just took full advantage because if you're struggling with your starting quarterback, God help you if you have your backup quarterback and you're struggling even more against this Iowa defense. Um, and that point, Iowa found a way to come back, made some big plays and was able to ice the game and they get the win 23 to 20. Yeah, I dude. Okay. As much as I am like still not technically sold on Georgia's defense, I have been sold on Iowa's defense almost all year because it is to a point now where it's like they're picking the ball off on a regular basis. Almost, I would say, a third of the drives they have against them that the offense has against them result in an interception, which that is a huge number and a huge percentage. It must be that they're doing something well and it's going to continue all year and if that's the case that's why i think i like iowa's defense better than georgia and that's it was the other thing i was thinking of i was like dude imagine a georgia iowa game as much as we talk about offense and whatever um imagine those defenses going up against each other and like dude that would be a freaking sick matchup because both those offenses aren't that spectacular, but just to see really good defenses go up against each other is usually actually really fun to watch because it means that you have to play strategy in those type games and do the little things well to get the victory. And I think as of right now, I'd probably say Georgia would probably beat them because I know they've got a better offense, just mm-hmm. overall like tight ends, running backs and wide receivers. And even though Stetson Bennett's a walk-on, uh, he's probably better than Petrus, and I know JT Daniels is. But uh, I would say it would be fun to watch. And with the rest of this year for Iowa, it's um, – I don't know. It's uh, – I'm going to look at their schedule real quick because I'm interested to see um, what their uh, last little bit looks like. You know, I know they play be, Purdue this. I know they play Purdue and Wisconsin, um, and I know the they end the year with Nebraska. So I I know Penn State was like the big game they had to win to kind of elevate themselves um, into national yeah. championship talk because it's not looking too likely. I'm I'm sure some of these teams might rank into the top twenty five at that point, but I know the remaining schedule from what I what I saw was uh, uh, everybody was unranked. Yeah, I I really think the only team. I mean Wisconsin. Her, Mertz is just kind of terrible, so they could easily win that game, even though it's on the road. And then Northwestern, Minnesota, Illinois, those are all winnable. I guess that Nebraska game, depending on what Nebraska does the rest of the year, that could be a huge game. I mean, that's a uh, damn. I'm I'm actually kind of excited to see what Nebraska does the rest of the year. And I know we'll talk about that game in a second, but man, like if that game gets really big, that would be terrible if Iowa gets that far and then loses to Nebraska to not have a perfect season. Because even if they get to the Big Ten Championship undefeated, I think if they lose to Ohio State, I think they Yeah, the blemish of a 
Nebraska lost, that'll turn some uh, voters away. Yeah, that would be terrible. But if they lost to Ohio State as they were undefeated, so like only going uh, 12 and one and losing to Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship, I think they could still get in and getting rewarded for a really good season, I, depending on what happens to the rest of the teams, but possible. Uh, no, but I'm, dude, I like the defense. I'm sold on them. I'm, you know, if there's a stock market and you could buy defenses, I'm buying this one and I'm holding on Georgia's defense right now. I got you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So overall, obviously it was the biggest game of the day and Iowa definitely gets the biggest win of their season uh, for that. So moving on back into the uh, South and in the SEC, uh, Kentucky LSU. Um, this game definitely did not go the way we thought because uh, it looked like only one team came to play and boy, did the Wildcats want to play football that day. Uh, routing LSU in a 42 to 21 victory. At one point it was 35 to seven uh, for the Wildcats. Um, and just an overall big statement win for Kentucky. Um, I think besides the win to Florida, this was at least the best they've looked. Well, even then, I thought this was the best Kentucky has looked all year. Um, Because LSU, they're definitely dealing with a lot of entries, and they are by far having a down year. Uh, But they still have the talent there, and Kentucky just made a laugher out of this and just burned them out. Um, So Kentucky gets a big win um, in this one. Um, it's funny. They're in the same, once again, they start undefeated and they're have one of the highest rankings they have had, um, in their, uh, you know, programs history and at least in a long time. And then right at the week after they have to play Georgia. So it's kind yeah. of, you know, now it's the, you know, big test here. So, uh, Kentucky wins uh, 42 to 21. And for LSU, um, Ed Ogeron remaining the head coach is looking uh, less and less likely as the weeks go on. Yeah. And, you know, we'll talk about the Florida LSU game in the, the look ahead. And honestly, man, I don't expect, especially if Florida wins on Saturday, I don't expect Ed Ogeron to be uh, retained. I'm pretty sure he's going to get fired like Monday morning or even Sunday. And that was two years ago that they won the national championship and set all those records and were, you know, uh, phenomenal what they did. And it's just like, I can't believe it. It went that bad that fast, but it's very similar, eerily similar to uh, Gene Chizik at Auburn and Auburn, you know, Auburn had Cam Newton. They have this amazing year. They beat everyone. And then uh, two years later, he was had like a, like, like a, four and eight record or whatever. And they fired him at the, it was like a three. Yeah. It was like a three. Yeah. It was shut out in the iron bowl. Yeah. It was terrible. And like, it was so quick. Like it's, it's crazy how some of these teams just like, just the, the, like the upper echelonness of the team, like the, the caliber of the team goes from like the top top to then just non-existent in Top of the mound to the like, then straight into the valley, like a cat, like a handful of months. Like it's not even yeah. necessarily like years. You can count it in months, and it's like, dude, it went so quick. And I don't know. I mean, we'll talk about the LSU Florida game, but you know, it's uh, doesn't look good for LSU. I will right say now. this, but, 
But I just want to real there quick was, about Kentucky just before, so we yes. can end off this one, and then then I'll let you go. But just the, it is very. It sucks that they have to play Georgia right now, but this will be the true test. If they are really capable of being in the top ten, it'll be decided this week. So we'll we'll see about that. So, but go go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. I, I was going to say, and I've been saying this for a while. There are some coaches um, that I believe are buoyed by great talent. Sometimes w- talent wins out um, in, against coaching, and I think that's the case here at LSU. I just think that LSU team was so loaded with talent um, in 2019 that it really didn't matter who the coach was. It's kind of similar um, a, a good example I always bring this up with was if anybody's seen that um, 30 for 30 documentary, uh, The U Part 2 about the 2001 Miami Hurricanes, all of the players interviewed, they said what the head coach Larry Coker did was nothing. We just needed a guy there, a guy on the school bus to, you know, be our guidance counselor for the field yeah. trip. That's what I think it was because that 2001 Miami team, didn't matter who was coaching, that team was probably going to win the national championship. Yeah. Um, and I think the same could be said for LSU and Ed Orgeron. I'm not saying Ed Orgeron is a god-awful coach, but, you know, it's starting to look more and more that, you know, it wasn't – it was more about, you know, the talent than it was about his coaching that won that national championship in 2019 because now it's kind of being shown um, – you know, because he just can't adapt uh, to a lot of the defensive uh, play calling, especially in offense. The defensive LSU has been very lackluster. And again, they are definitely dealing with a plague of injuries. Uh, but Kentucky absolutely exposed them on uh, play action plays. And Levis had a great game uh, for that. But anyways, that's what I wanted to say that one. So uh, Kentucky, you know, another big win for them as, you know, their you know joyride of the uh, SEC East continues. Uh, moving on here, Notre Dame, Virginia Tech, um, making their case for biggest frauds of the season once again. Uh, Notre Dame. <laughs> I don't mean to be too mean there, but holy cow! Um, I think did we both predict this one that Va Tech would win that one? Because I think yeah, I predicted Va Tech. Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, and we were almost right in. You know, the, you know, it's that stupid little leprechaun logo it gives them the good luck. Dude. Notre Dame survives. That uh, another... fumble. Yes. Like, literally, like, what the fuck? Like, he had the first down and then, oh, wait, wait, am I, am I, conf- no, I'm confusing the Nebraska game. Sorry. But no, like in the, well, yeah, the Nebraska one. Yeah, that was, sorry. But no, the, the dude, Notre Dame just lucked out and I, I don't know. They they actually offense didn't play bad. It just it was uh the their quarterback situation is kind of like I don't know. It just doesn't look good for them. Like their running back is good. I like that kid uh 23 I can't remember his name, but he's he's definitely Yeah, yeah, he's definitely I believe it's solid. Williams. Yeah, Williams. He's I think Kyron or Tyron or something like that. Uh, he's definitely. I, I, it was with a K. Kyron. Kyron. Kyron, Kyron, Williams. Kyron. Sorry. Yeah. Kyron Williams. He's he's very solid. He's a good running back, and he he does very good uh, catching the ball as well. So you know they've got some things there, but I don't know their defense isn't that great, and their quarterback play is suspect. So they really, I could see at least two more losses there uh, before the, the the season's over. So definitely, um, and, and this is more 
of like Virginia Tech. Now, this game wasn't it wasn't a typical like Virginia Tech blew this game. This game was very back and forth uh, in this one. It just it happened to be Notre Dame won out in this one. But I mean, you know, Notre Dame, you know, has definitely been, you know, not the prettiest team. They haven't really had a good win all year. They are getting the wins. They're just not like overly impressive. They had to go to overtime to beat a very poor Florida State team. They survived a scare against Toledo and then uh, it got close with Purdue. Their best win is Wisconsin. I'll give them credit in the fourth quarter. They turned it on. Um, so they've at least played one quarter of good football. Um, and that, and then they had the loss to Cincinnati uh, the week before uh, the Virginia tech game. So it's going to be interesting. I know they play uh, USC uh, their next game. Um, so it's going to be interesting uh, to see that. And, you know, see you know if they can you know somehow remain a one loss team but the way they're playing it's the, you know how you know they say there's defenses that are bend don't break Notre Dame is a bend don't break team this whole season oh yeah uh, and that so with that uh moving on uh speaking of uh close games uh Michigan Nebraska this was another I mean this was a week of the Upset and almost upset. Uh, Michigan survives uh, Nebraska uh, against Nebraska, who was really uh, uh, upset hungry. They had a huge third quarter. Um, the Cornhuskers, um, they jumped. They were down um, 19 to 7. Um, and then they were able to score. I think it was like, uh, I guess it would be like 15 straight. I think they had like a two point conversion fail or something, uh, but they scored a bunch of unanswered points and they were really kind of going toe for toe in the fourth quarter uh, with Michigan, but Michigan uh, survives on a late field goal uh, by, uh, I think it was Jake Moody uh, to kind of seal the deal. Um, but, but it was yeah, that fumble though. Cause like Nebraska was driving and like got a first down and then like Martinez like wasn't technically down and they, ripped it from them and they go the other way. And it was just like, what the fuck? Like, dude, I, I was blown away. Cause I thought Nebraska had him in this game and they just, Oh man, I feel for Scott Frost. Cause he's like on the verge of like turning it around. He just keeps losing these close games. I mean, yeah, I'm, there's just so I'm, many roadblocks. I'm almost positive. They lead since he's been there. They lead the nation in, um, close game losses, like, you know, one score game losses. I'm pretty sure they lead the nation in that, which is like, you know, mind boggling. Cause it's like, if they can just win like three or four of those, it makes almost everyone. It's kind of similar to so what happened better. with North Carolina two years ago. North Carolina didn't have a good yeah. record, but they were like going toe to toe right there with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. It was like maybe like six point, you know, yeah. Six point games and stuff. Uh, but yeah, Michigan, you know, this was a chance for Michigan to kind of make a, you know, statement win. Um, yeah. And obviously, I mean, that obviously didn't happen. They got the win. Um, but this isn't definitely the most impressive look uh, for the Wolverines. And uh, that uh, they've definitely the rushing attack was there, um, but they definitely had to re- uh, rely more on the passing, which is not what you know Michigan is comfortable with uh, doing. Uh, but anyways, Michigan uh, gets the win against uh, the Cornhuskers, remain undefeated. Is there any other final thoughts on uh, this game, Chris? Uh, just you know. Michigan is going to get tested. You know, they got the Ohio State, uh, Michigan State, and Penn State games coming up. So, yes, enjoy this undefeated first half, Michigan. But you have 
three of your six games coming up against very good opponents and you will not be undefeated come the end of it. So you're going to at least at least lose at least two of these uh, and maybe all three because I like those other three teams better than I like this Michigan team. So that's just my opinion on that. Gotcha. Uh, moving on here, this was by far the game of the week, the month, the year to this point. Um, Texas A&M, Alabama. It, uh, to, again, quote, my favorite movie of all time is Jurassic Park. And to quote Ian Malcolm when he sees the Brachiosaurus, he did it. That crazy son of a bitch did it. Jimbo Fisher becomes the, the first assistant from Nick Saban's tree to beat him and not only that upset the number one team in the nation a 41 to 38 game winning field goal by far the biggest roller coaster and the best one of the best games i've seen all year in in a long time but texas a&m not only so many like this is like it's hard to like wrap my mind around this and it's, i'm still kind of speechless from it because not only i don't know what i'm more shocked about Alabama losing Alabama streak of unbeating unranked teams that goes all the way back to Nick Saban's first year. Keep in mind, people, the last time Alabama lost to an unranked team was in 2007. And it was against UL Monroe, the yeah. Warhawks. Yeah. That was the last time Nick Saban lost to an unranked team. And not only that, Nick Saban was undefeated. This was the one that was, you know, was undefeated against all of his assistants. Kirby Smart, Will Muschamp, Jimbo Fisher to that point, Jim McElwain. Everybody he was undefeated against, Lane Kiffin, of course, uh, especially everybody. I've, my cousin said Lane Kiffin was going to be the one to break the curse, but no, Jimbo Fisher will now be the king of the uh, assistance now of Nick Saban. He gets the win. Um, they were trolling Alabama after Nick Saban said that they were going to beat him on the golf course. And I saw it was like a golf card and it was the score. I thought that was funny. Um, but overall, an amazing, absolutely crazy game when this one, because A&M, Alabama was playing awful going into the halftime. Um, it, it was, they were making, it was more of like Alabama's offense just being stuck in the mud. Cause what they were doing was that they were pressuring Bryce Young. Young. They were making Bryce Young move, making, you know, him get out of the pocket, have to, you know, make those uncomfortable throws. And we kind of already saw him do that against uh, Miami and Florida. But I think this is something that like AM kind of expanded on was that they were able to have, you know, those edge guys come in to the blind side of, Bryce Young where he's not seen it but he can feel the presence and he has to move that's like a you know that when that clock is going off in your head and it gets disrupted it, it just throws everything out of sort uh because they were just missing them by that much for the whole game obviously the line adjusted for Alabama um and at that point uh AM went up 24 to 10 and from there on out it was just hanging on for dear life for the lead um alabama came back um to take the lead with a 38 to 31 victory and then play of the year um calzada the backup who looked you know was injured while passing this ball throws it gets the tying touchdown stops alabama and then seth small kicks the game winning field goal and Alabama is no longer number one anymore. Chris, your thoughts on this game? You know, I, uh, I'm i trying to think what we were doing Saturday. 
Um, I, I was guess watching we were, the game. I knew that. That's what I was doing. <laughs> I'm trying to think what I was doing. Uh, I think we had, did we have something going on? I don't think we did because Sunday I had something going on and Friday I had something going on, but Saturday, I think we laid low, but we were making dinner at the time. So I wasn't able to like completely just focus on the game, but I had it on and I was like keeping track of the score and I'm watching it go back and forth. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. I thought at first, honestly, in that first half, when AM went up as big as they did, I thought they were going to, I thought they were going to go away with it. And I thought it was like, it Damn, was going to be how bad the offense looked for Alabama. Yeah. And it was like, they weren't able to really do much. And I was like, man, AM's got their number this year. And like, just sometimes that's just what happens. Sometimes a team just has someone's number and it's just nothing you can do. And then Alabama does what they do and they got back in the game. They got ahead at 38-31 and it looked like they were going to win it. But then AM, you know, Calzada, you know, he's not very good, but you know, I'll give him credit in this clutch. game. Yeah, and he <laughs> came through, you know, he, he he was clutch against Colorado and he was clutch against Alabama here and he made the plays to win and he got them down the field. They scored that touchdown. And I still really think like you know, Spiller is such a good running back. And um, I oh, can't yeah. remember. Uh, what's the receiver? Zero. Um, uh, God, I can't remember his name. But he. Oh, um, I know exactly who you're talking about. And then, um, and then the tight end, uh, Weimarine or whatever his name is. Uh, he, but All three of those guys are really good. And I think all of them are, like, probably going to leave this year. So. You know, yeah, Weidenmeyer, um, Anias Smith. Smith. Yeah. And so that's okay, who it was. Those three guys are really good and they were really good last year. If they're gone next year, man, I don't expect AM to be very good next year, especially, well, depending on what. Yeah, this, I, d- yeah I don't know if they're. I don't know what their eligibility is looking like. And I definitely know Spiller is going to leave because he has the potential to be drafted. Yeah, high. I know Anias uh, Smith is a junior. I remember seeing that because they had like, you know, the lineup. And I remember they see he was a junior. I mean, he um, could potentially leave. And Weidemeyer is definitely going to get drafted because he's a really good tight end. And yeah, and, he, and I think he's a junior too. So yeah, there's you know, it's, yeah. you know, if they decide to go to the NFL, yeah. So um, it, it just it lends itself to you know definitely being, um, you know, it's going to be tough for them next year. But huge victory for them this year, and uh, just sucks that they lost those two games because now it's like this really is goes for not. It's like oh, it's great you beat Alabama, but like. You don't really have a chance in hell at the the playoff nor the the SEC championship. So um, I think we saw that with the rankings too. Because I'm not gonna lie, if I did the rankings, I would have put AM in the top 20. Uh, but they got 21. It's just yeah, they're kind of gonna be anchored by those uh, two losses for um, sure from the year yeah. uh, and that. But yeah, I, I I said this anytime Alabama loses. It's like a where were you moment because it's like it's so rare, let alone in the regular season that Alabama just loses. I like I remember like I, I told my cousin that when we came back from the Gator game, that was the game we put on when we got back home. Um, and it was like, yeah, it, it, we think to ourselves like, when, where were we in our like our lives the last time Alabama lost? And I was like, well, the last time they lost was in 2019 against Auburn. I was at home got home from work and getting ready for Florida, Florida, uh, Florida state. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in 2019. In Ash- I was in Asheville, North Carolina. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. But it's like, that's the, the thing. This is why it's such, and I know like, you know, it's, I, and I totally get why people were making a, like a big deal out of it. Cause it is a big deal. Cause this Titan, it, it boggled my mind that Alabama loses to an unranked A&M and Nick Saban lost to an, one of his assistants. It's like, you know, it's just one of those things you just thought would never happen. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it straight up did. It happened. October 9th, 2021, uh, the day the college football world stood still. Um, and everybody was just gas and amazed. Texas A&M beats Alabama. Uh, moving on from that incredible game, uh, going to the West Coast here. Utah against uh, USC. Um, Utah puts a hurting on the Trojans uh, as they run away with this one and a 42 to 26 victory. Um, Trojans, you know, had some late scores, uh, but this one was kind of well in hand by the UDs. Yeah, just, you know, Clay Hilton's been fired for a couple weeks now, and it's just it's not getting any better for USC. And I had the opportunity to go to this game, and I'm glad I didn't because I'm sure the mood would have been terrible. The fans are probably upset with how everything is going, and it's just – it's frustrating. I'm sure USC fans were expecting a lot better this year, and they're getting, you know, this terrible product. But, again, they might get a good hire, and if they get a good hire, then their fortunes might uh, change here. We'll see. Hopefully it does because I like it when USC and UCLA are good. This is a big town. This is a big market. There is potential here for college football to do well, especially when they're both doing well. So it'll get everyone excited. And like, you know, this town will be a buzz when college football is alive and well in uh, LA again. Absolutely. For sure. Um, It was, you know, uh, I'm right there with you. USC, you know, obviously I think college football does do better when USC is being uh, USC, UCLA, a lot of the West coast teams are doing better. Um, But yeah, just Utah kind of just, you know, Burned about this one. And it's funny because Slovis actually had a pretty good game. He had over 400 yards uh, passing, a uh, few touchdowns uh, there. Uh, but, you know, the defense was more the main problem than anything else. Uh, but, yeah, uh, UDs uh, continue, uh, you know, they go above the 500 mark. They remain undefeated in Pac-12 play um, with 2-0. and And, you know, USC, it's kind of, you know, Playing, playing out the role here for them. Uh, but moving, as we mentioned, uh, another team, uh, UCLA, Arizona. Um, UCLA uh, wins this one, um, keeping the imperfect season intact for the Wildcats. They stay at 0-5, uh, but the Bruins win this one 34-16. Uh, Chris, what, what about this game for you? You know, I, I, I had UCLA at four losses to go eight and four this year, but then I updated it after their hot start. And I really think they could win this out and go 10 and two, you know, they should easily beat um, uh, USC. And then I think they have the big one, which is uh, Oregon, which that'll be that's next week. So it's potential. I don't know what's going to happen in that game. I honestly don't know. I like Oregon and I've liked them all year, but I really like this UCLA team. I, it sucks that I think both of them lost to Stanford, right? Didn't they? Um, I know Oregon did. 
Um, no, UCLA. No, UCLA lost to Fresno State. Fresno um, State. And um, oh, oh, the 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 Fire Devil. Uh, 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 oh, Sun Devils. Arizona yeah, yeah, State. Yeah, you're right. Sun Devils. Okay, yeah. So, well, I'm still high on UCLA. I like their offense. Chip Kelly is a great offensive mind. That's another one that we needed to add to the mix, probably top five. Um, so we'll see. You know, I'm waiting to see what happens next week. Uh, you know, I think UCLA plays. Let's see who they play this week. Come on, quickly. They play Washington. And Washington's kind of bad this year, so they should easily win that. So if they're still, I guess they would be 5-2 and two at that point going up against Oregon. I don't know. I it's at home and I might go to that game. I, uh, that's a, what is that? That's Florida's bye week. I'd be a good game to go to. It's at, it'll be at, uh, 1230 our time here. So three 30 your time. I, I might do it. I might, cause I have the day off and it might be worthwhile to go to just cause I, dude, I really loved going to the Rose bowl. That was fucking dope, man. Oh yeah. I'm not gonna lie. That's a fucking awesome place to watch a game. It's literally of course it is. the Rose you can, Bowl. You can <laughs> There's see a reason the, they keep playing football games there. <laughs> you can see the fucking mountains right there. Like the the parking lot is this golf course, so they just park right on this golf course. It's it, it's right in the middle of a neighborhood. It's like not like there's not like businesses around. It's just boom right in the neighborhood. It's crazy, dude. It's really wild it? to see how like something like that exists. But it's like it's one of the like best known stadiums in the world. And, uh, it's it, dude, I, I'm so appreciative that I live out here to be able to go to something like that. And Ian, if you definitely, before you, uh, like, you know, just on your bucket list, you need to, you need to go to a Rose bowl game, not at, at a Rose bowl, like the bowl game, but just go to a Rose bowl game just to experience the, uh, the, yeah, stadium. the stadium. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to go to hey, I'd love to go to both. I'd love to, you know, I'd love to go to an you know Rose Bowl bowl game. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm. I've dude. I keep trying to get credentials. I've been trying for like the last several years, and I've never. I don't. I don't know what. I don't know who to reach out to. But hopefully, someone's listening to this and does that. But yeah, <laughs> you know, we'll see. Um, but, yeah. Anyways, uh, UCLA gets the one. Bit of a methodical win. Definitely uh, relied more on the ground than the air there, um, and that. But you know. They keep the uh, they get the win, and uh, we'll move on to Washington next week. And our final West Coast game here um, shows you the beauty of college football here: uh, Stanford and Arizona State. Arizona State beats Stanford right after Stanford beats Oregon. Kind of shows you, you know, how crazy college football is. Stanford upsets Oregon. And then they have a clunker against uh, the Sun Devils. Uh, but the Arizona State wins this one 28 to 10. Uh, as uh, they, uh, I believe, they remain undefeated. Yeah, because they've only lost one game this year. Um, and it wasn't against the Pac 12 team. So they remain undefeated in the Pac 12 as well. Yeah, yeah. They lost to. Um... I think it was like BYU or something like that. It was someone. I remember. Let me see. Arizona. Let's see real quick. Uh, Looks like a lot of Pac-12 games. BYU. Yeah, it was BYU. They lost uh, 27-17. Yeah, and I kind of thought that sounded familiar. Uh, Yeah, so that's solid for them. You know, definitely leading the South and potentially could win out. And because I think UCLA has one loss in that was against Arizona State. So that would mean 
Arizona State would have to lose two more for UCLA to jump them. So I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I think Arizona State's going to win out because their schedule is re- relatively easy. They got um, Washington State, USC, Utah, uh, uh, Washington, Oregon State, and Arizona. Those are all winnable games. I don't see a single yes. game on there that they should lose. So if they win out, which would be remarkable, because I thought at the beginning of this year, I thought this team was going to be terrible. Considering yeah, I, I ha- thought that team was going to kind of have a going to a nosedive. I thought that the hammer was going to be dropped on this team. And instead, uh, they're just fucking dominating at this point. And, it, you know, losing to BYU is not that terrible of a loss considering how good BYU has played all year. So, like, mm-hmm. dude, that would be crazy if they finish up 11-1. and one, And then if they win the Pac-12 championship, they'd be 12-1. and one. That Dude, I don't know if they would get recognition for the playoff because the rest of the teams they've played haven't been that great. But still, it is a crazy Season, I, I know that's a like, dude. Watch out! I mean, two thousand and seven, all over again. Yeah, two thousand seven, two That's uh, the motto I'm saying for this season because it is, it is one of the wildest ones by far. Yeah, uh, but that is our wrap up for last week's game. Uh, moving on, uh, we're going to do our Heisman picks, uh, or at least uh, who we believe uh, our Heisman. Uh, Chris, who do you have uh, for your Heisman uh, favorites right now? Okay, so I think. These two guys are interchangeable right now because they've. I know I'm showing you on here. They have almost identical stats. Uh, Kenneth Walker and Bijan Robinson. They're like 16 yard difference in total yards and same amount of touchdowns. So they're basically identical years. Which at this point, halfway through, both having close to a thousand yards total. If they have two thousand yards total, that's a good sign for a running back. Usually, that's a a very good sign that you might be able to get in the mix for the Heisman. So good sign for both of them. Uh, who, who's other, anyone else you have at the the back end that stands out to you? Like Heisman wise, the only ones I have, we have the same Heisman picks, but I'm still sticking, sticking with Kenny Pickett here. Uh, Kenny Pickett yeah. is still having a very efficient year. Um, and then especially with his uh, completion percentages is very good. So he's the only one. I still have Matt Corral, B. John Robinson, Kenneth Walker, uh, Bryce Young. Um, I'm not saying I'm not like I'm kind of kind of a stock market term. I'm kind of holding on him right now because he did, you know, he kind of showed kind of a crease in the armor there against AM and a couple of the other games, especially against Florida. And you know, he's not invincible. You can get to him, but I still think he's a very good talent uh in that. Uh so that is our Heisman uh picks there. And moving on, uh, we knew this was gonna change a lot. Uh these are uh college football playoffs. Off, at least looking our top six here. Uh, Chris, who is your who's your new number one? Uh, my new number one is Georgia, and I know that uh, a lot of like anyone that listens to this or anyone that knows me, I'm sure it's probably tough for me to say that, but I actually am a realist, and as much as I love to talk shit, I will realize that they are probably the best team in the country right now, and that's in my pick. So they're number one. I got uh, Oklahoma and Iowa at three and four. And then surprise, surprise, uh, little old Cincinnati coming in. Uh, if they went out, they're more than likely going to be in the playoff because they've got a solid Notre Dame win on the road. And that could catapult them into it. Uh, the last two out, I have Alabama and Ohio State just outside because they both have one loss. But 
those other teams are undefeated and they're all meeting the requirements as of right now. So we'll see. We will see what happens. Who do you got, Ian? For yeah, my top uh, my top teams. Uh, number one, Georgia. And I, I was just, and I said this um, going into the you know after I told this when we were watching the game. I said regardless of Alabama wins against A and M, this was during the A and M game. Georgia was going to be my number one team. Uh, Georgia just has proven that they are the number one team in the nation. Um, it just happened. Alabama lost, so it makes it a lot easier for everybody. So number one, Georgia. Number two, Iowa. Um, I moved Cincinnati to three now with all the shuffling and bit of a surprise for some. I keep Cincinnati at four mm. um, because, I mean, Clifford did get injured. The offense wasn't the same. Um, I still think, you know, it's weird saying, that, you know, the Iowa loss looks good considering it just happened. But it kind of does. I mean, you know, Iowa's undefeated, and they have one of the toughest defense, and you had to roll out a very raw quarterback that was going to get eaten up by that Hawkeye defense. But I keep Penn State at four. Number five is Alabama. And number six, I have Michigan right now. Oh, give me a break. I'm not happy about it, but, hey, I had to do a lot of turnover right now. Dude, they won't be there in two weeks, I guarantee you. I didn't, guarantee. Say, that, I didn't say they were going to stay there. I just said they're my number six team going into the week. Nice. For it. So that that is our uh, playoff picks uh, there. Obviously, I mean, if, you know, if history has taught us anything, or if this season has taught us anything, is take these picks with a grain of salt because God knows what's going to happen. Uh <laughs> Uh, so we let's go on to the uh, next week. Not as bountiful as we did uh, last week's slate, but still some noteworthy games coming up here. Uh, first one on the agenda is a Friday night uh, Pac-12 matchup. Cal versus Oregon. Uh, Chris, who do you have uh, taking this one? Uh, I don't know how good Cal is. We haven't even talked about them all year. Like, I don't even know. I know Cal ain't good. I, that I that, that I know. But that that tells you though, if we haven't talked about them, that means they're not good. If we're halfway through the season and we haven't mentioned them in a single game, that definitely means they're not good. And uh, so, that being the case, I think that Oregon's going to win this one. Oregon's going to win probably 34 and I'll say Cal 20. Uh, this one, I think um, Oregon's going to smoke Cal. Um, I think it's really actually going to be led by the rushing attack here. I think CJ Verbell is going to have a big game uh, this uh, this one because Cal's defense has been laid a little bare uh, here. So I think Oregon's going to win this one to just outrun them. I'm going to go with a 41 to 17 win for the Ducks. Um, 41 17. Yes. And um, uh, move. Anything else there, Chris? No, 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 no. I was just, I wanted to confirm that was a score. Yeah, you're good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, mo- moving on here, uh, Big Ten matchup. Uh, undefeated Michigan State against the Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, Hoosiers, you know, not feeling the same uh, magic as they did last year. Uh, Chris, who do we have in this one? You know, I, I really like this Michigan State team. I'm not going to shy away from that. And I'm not, I am honestly, until... They get beat. I'm going to be on this train. I'm going to say Michigan State is a team that is fully capable, fully, um, you know, the offense, like I said, is better than um, 
any of those other Big Ten teams besides Ohio State. Uh, this other podcast I was listening to was talking about um, uh, the coach for Michigan State, Mel Tucker. And, man, this guy, I'm telling you, man, he's got a good pedigree. You know, he was – you know, he was the coach at Colorado for a year and did all right there. And then he went, let's see what he went, uh, two and five last year, which terrible, but it was a weird year last year. So shit happened. So whatever, um, you know, it, it was actually, okay. I'm looking at his Colorado record. It wasn't that great. So it was only five and seven, but still he was able to move it into being the Michigan state coach. And I don't know, he's just got, he was a, a, uh, an NFL coach for a few years. He was in the interim head coach at Jacksonville for like five games. Um, I like this guy, you know, I like what he's doing. You know, the offense is playing well. This is not a great matchup for as far as like, is this a good team and going to challenge them? But I like Michigan state here. I'm going to say Michigan state wins. I'm going to say, cause they're going to score points again. I'm going to say they're going to score 38 and I'm going to say Indiana just struggling again. I'm going to say Indiana scores 17. So 38, 17 is my, uh, my score. Uh, this one I'm going to have, uh, I think Michigan State's just going to ground and pound here. I think uh, the way they're off, because of how their offense does work, it is kind of similar to like Georgia. They run, 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 and then they have Thorne for that, you know, passing play. And Thorne can still pass the ball and sling it around well when they need to. Uh, so maybe not entirely like Georgia, but they're definitely kind of run first or oriented, especially when you have a running back uh, like Kenneth Walker um, on that team. Uh, but I think Michigan State's going to win this one. Maybe not the most high scoring, but and especially with how well their defense is and Indiana is just been struggling they kind of figured out Penix Jr. uh the quarterback I think Indiana um falls in this one and the Spartans win 30 to 3 uh is my prediction in that one whoa that's a blowout uh, dude yeah well, I shouldn't say low scoring but maybe not like you know when I because when I say think high scoring I think big 12 like 50 points or something like that yeah of course uh, and that and uh, moving on uh, to this one, uh, Florida and LSU get to pick uh, have a pick for the Gators here. And the and this is my unofficial name for the rivalry uh, battle of the hurricane flag. If anybody else gets that reference, uh, that should be the name of the rivalry. Um, yes. Florida returns. Yeah. OK, good. Uh, <laughs> Florida returns to uh, Baton Rouge. Uh, to play the Tigers. This is uh, their first day game. Um, again, I'm, of course, I'm the only one who knows. This is their first time they have played the Tigers during the day since they clinched um, the SEC East in 2016 for the, you know, when the I heard that, you know, this should be the name of the rivalry uh, was that. So they returned there uh, against Baton Rouge during the sun, not the night. Uh, what do you think is going to go the way here, uh, Chris? Well, we didn't talk about the Vanderbilt game and I watched the highlights while we were starting this and just, you know, uh, listening to the different stuff going on this week and just what, you know, I obviously watched the game on Saturday, but um, the offense had more explosive plays on Saturday. Dan Mullen was obviously upset, though. There was a lot. Oh, it was kind of like a lackadaisical game and they really weren't. They had their heads up their ass. Um, but uh, I don't know. You know, it's it's always weird in this rivalry. It's like this rivalry and Kentucky and Georgia are always weird. The weird shit always happens in these three games. Like last year, like 
who fucking thinks that Marco's going to throw a shoe and cause that that caused the end of the game? Like they had the game won. All Marco has to do is not throw that shoe and they win that game. They, you know, and it's just like, I don't know. It's fucking bizarre. I, you know, they have all these guys either out for the year or that are like sitting or whatever. You know, it's definitely battered here. Yeah. Ed Orgeron is on the verge of being fired. Like it's in LSU. It's a noon game, which is actually 11 AM central time. And like um, it's, I don't know. I, you know, the, the last several years, Dan Mullen, for whatever reason, can't get his offenses to like really get going in the first half. It's just every time it's just like, they're not a first half team for whatever reason. I don't understand it. It just, it seems to be what they do. They just can't get going. And most part they have their defense will bail them out to keep them in the game or whatever. But then there's games like against uh, Alabama where they almost got blown out because of it. So it's like, they got to figure that out. If they can, you know, go up 21 to seven at halftime against LSU, you can see the LSU players pack it in. And then, you know, they could just, Florida could coast a victory. With that being said, I think it'll be, I still think it's not going to be like a blowout. I don't think it's going to be, High scoring either. I think it's going to be like 28-14 Florida, and I'm just going to go with that. I, I read you there. I'll, I will say, man, uh, for anybody who thought Dan Mullen was mad on TV, boy, you should have seen him in person. Um, that I told that to my cousin. That is the angriest I have seen Dan Mullen with that much points on the board ever. Um, there was one time, and they went to commercial for this because uh, I couldn't find it. Dan the Emory Jones didn't call play in time. I guess they were trying to audible on it and he didn't call the play in time. So he had to use a timeout. Dan Mullen runs out onto the field and starts screaming at the line, the Emory Jones, the quarterback, he starts going ballistic on everybody. Then the other one was when um, I think it was shorter was lined up offsides, which I've never seen before um, encroachment on the offense. And that's another one, man. You want to talk about an ass chewing? Uh, Mullen lit him up on that one. Um, that was by far the angriest and most despondent I've ever seen Dan Mullen with a 42 to nothing shutout win. Um, and that, which honestly, as weird as it says, it's kind of good. He's definitely got, kind of had that fire in his eye because uh, he, he, it seems like he was just like tired of, you know, the shit is yeah. what it is what i got from that is like he's he's tired of like them playing down and stuff like that because the, the, you know they could have scored a lot more and that first half was very lackluster um and that but they certainly you know made the adjustments got it going in the second quarter it was a great second half uh for that uh with that being said i actually my score is almost to a dot with you i think the gators win this one but it is going to be close because it's lsu um, I'm going to go with the Gators on this one and a 27 to 17 victory. Right on. All right. And, um, moving on, uh, now keeping it in the sec, um, the two outsiders, uh, coming in, uh, again, if anybody else will get this reference, Texas A&M and Missouri, uh, uh, will match up here. Uh, Texas A&M obviously coming off their, one of their biggest wins uh, since joining the SEC uh, now face uh, Missouri, who's coming off one of their biggest uh, losses since coming to the SEC, a blowout loss to Tennessee. Uh, what do you think here, uh, Chris, uh, as uh, A&M uh, tra- travels to uh, Columbia? 
I think AM wins this. I think they're going to be really stoked after beating Alabama. And Missouri's probably the perfect team for them to play because, you know, Missouri's average at best. And I think AM can take advantage of that. I think it'll be close, but I think AM controls the game for the most part. I'm going 30 to 24 AM. I'm I'm down with that one. I think it's uh I think it's gonna be much wider of a margin. I've got um AM winning this one. Uh, I think they'll break the 30 point barrier. I'll go with a 34 to 13 victory for the Aggies. Um, I just don't see the Missouri offense being able to really get enough production uh, against the AM defense. Uh, moving on now, we go to a group of five matchup here Cincinnati and UCF. What was looking like potentially a big, you know, group of five game is kind of turning into a bit of a layup here as uh, the Bearcats ranked number three uh, face UCF uh, in Cincinnati. Uh, Chris, what do you think uh, happens in this one? Oh, I definitely think Cincinnati is going to destroy them. I don't think it's going to be close. I got it at 42 24. And you know what? I was. I've been in the mix with this guy, Pegasus. I think that's the name he goes by. He just has like a fire emoji as his thing. I can't even remember his name, I, but whatever. Some UCF fan that has like a decent amount of followers, like 3,000 plus followers. And, you know, whatever. These guys love to claim that national championship from 2017. Well, you know what? It ain't 2017 no more. And uh, regardless, that national championship didn't count for shit anyways, because Alabama was the real champion that year. But regardless... Cincinnati wins big, like I said, 42-24. That's what I got. I'm uh, right there with you. I think Cincinnati just kind of runs them out of the door here. I think, you know, UCF will play there. They definitely have talent, but I just think Cincinnati just will just overpower them, um, especially with the defense. Uh, so UCF's defense has been very disappointing this year, and I think Cincinnati just runs over them. I'm going to go with a 42-20 victory for the Bearcats. Uh, so very similar vein there for that one. Uh, mo- moving on here, uh, keeping it in the American Conference, we're going to go with USF and Tulsa. Our fellow uh, <laughs> uh, USF graduate, uh, Chris, how do you think this one's going to go for the Bulls? I think USF gets the win here. Um, it would be their first conference win in two years, which is disgusting to have to say a fact like that, but it is true. Uh, but I think... McLean has done well. Uh, it was nice to get the bye week last week. It's kind of like good to rest people, you know, kind of reset the season and be like, all right, we got some winnable games in front of us. Let's win at least three here. We can go three and three this last six games of the season. And then we can maybe, you know, make it a four and eight record. That's, you know, that's progress from last year. That's what we're looking for. So I'm going to say USF wins. I'm going to say 27, and I'm going to say Tulsa 22. So it'll be closer, but I think USF pulls it out. I'm with you on that one. I think this game is definitely going to be a close one. Um, but I think it's not going to go the way of the home team. I think Tulsa, because of USF's defense, um, I definitely I saw a stat on this last time they were playing uh, when they were playing BYU. They've almost given up 500 yards a game. Um, And Tulsa, you know, total yards has been pretty good um, offensively. 
Um, the passing attack isn't there, but the rushing attack is. Um, and that is a place that USF has tended to struggle with um, since the beginning of the year. I think this game is going to be close, but I think Tulsa pulls it out in the end in a very tight one. A similar score with you, actually. I think Tulsa wins this one 24-20 uh, for the Golden Hurricane in this one. Again, I'm USF is my home away from home team, so that is a prediction I do not mind being wrong in. Um, moving on here, we're going to Oklahoma State and Texas, uh, going uh, more to the Midwest, a top 25 matchup. Uh, the uh, Longhorns play the Cowboys. Uh, Chris, what do you think uh, will go down in this one after uh, Texas tries to recover from that Oklahoma loss? You know, Texas offensively looks very nice. They've done some very good things. B. John Robinson is a top five Heisman candidate at this point. And, uh, but Oklahoma state is undefeated. Texas has two losses. I like Oklahoma state in this one. I know it's going to be close. I think Oklahoma state's defense has been playing better. You know, they've kept a lot of the games that they've played against people really close. They haven't really been like big offensively, like, you know, putting up big numbers, but they've been able to like keep, other teams at bay. I think Oklahoma state can do that a little bit here in this game. I'm going to say Oklahoma state wins. And I'm going to say like 28 to I'd say 24 real close game. Um, This is my upset of the week. Actually, Uh-oh, here we go. I think Texas, cause Oklahoma state, I will, you know, before you know, I you know keep track with a lot of Big Twelve teams. There's a reason you haven't you know Oklahoma State was number twelve, and I was like, really? And then I looked, I was like, how are they number twelve? Because they have they are undefeated, but it's kind of a smoke and mirrors undefeated. They have barely, they've only cracked thirty points once, and they beat uh you know had close games against Boise State. They beat Boise State by one. Uh, Tulsa, they beat by five. And against uh, the first team of the year, I think it was against Missouri State. That one went down to the wire. I think it was a 23-16 to 16 win uh, for the Cowboys. And, you know, then they beat uh, Baylor uh, the game before. I just think Texas, because their offense, Oklahoma State hasn't played an offense like Texas and honestly, I think Texas kind of runs them out the door in this one. I think Texas wins this one, and they win it comfortably. I'm going to go with the Longhorns in this one. I'm going to go with a 41-27 to 27 win for the Texas Longhorns. Uh, and that is my upset pick of the week. Um, moving on here, going back here, college game day is going to be for this one. Uh, Georgia and Kentucky, the SEC East uh, destiny is on the line here. Whoever wins this. Uh, controls the road to Atlanta now, um, which is, you know, we're, this isn't, we're not talking about this for a game in uh, Jacksonville, but rather a game in uh, Athens, Georgia, between the Wildcats and the Bulldogs. Uh, Chris, you're very high on Kentucky. What do you think they do here against the Bulldogs? Well, actually, I'm not that high on Kentucky. I'm probably higher on Georgia, even though I'm not high on their defense. Uh, I, I'm h- as high as everyone else. I think Kentucky, like I said, okay, Kentucky's remaining schedule is Mississippi State, Tennessee, and uh, and this Georgia team. So there's three games that they have to go at least two and one to have a shot at the SEC uh, East Championship. They'll lose this one. 
and they will lose to Tennessee. I'm calling that now. And they might even lose to Mississippi State. So right there, that's three more losses that they could have. I'm guaranteeing two, but one, you know, one more on there possibly. So I'm going to say I like Georgia in this one. It's at home. I think Georgia is going to score enough to be able to – uh, counter their defense, even though Kentucky's defense, I like Kentucky's defense probably, probably more than Georgia's defense. And I'm the, here's why. Okay, Georgia's defense is more talented, but I think Mark Stoops gets more out of his talent than Kirby Smart does, and I that's probably obvious to everyone that watches Kirby Smart over the last several years and watch Mark Stoops as well, because Mark Stoops has done wonders with what he's had. And this team is probably defensively one of the best he's had. And those guys are good. Pascal is a stud. He's always in the mix for uh, like stopping plays or getting negative plays or anything. He's just just a monster back there. I like Georgia in this one. I'm going to say Georgia wins. Probably 21 to 17, something like that. Um, I think this is definitely, I don't think this is going to be, you know, a runaway win, but I do, and I, like, I'm not expecting a big scoring one, but I do think Georgia just controls this game. I just don't see with defense of Georgia, them like giving up. I, I don't think, have they given up more than like 14 points this season? Um let me make a quick uh, little search here. Um, no, they have not given up more than 14 points. And I don't see with Kentucky that they can do that. I think Georgia just holds them at bay and the offense does enough. You know, I think there's just going to be a Bulldogs game. And once you're playing a Georgia game, especially the way they want to play it, it's tough to beat. So I have the Bulldogs winning this one. Maybe not the, by the prettiest score, but I have them uh, winning uh, and controlling this one 30-13 uh, to 13 over the Wildcats in that one. So that is uh, my pick. So moving on here, we're going to BYU and Baylor. Um, BYU looking to bounce back um, after getting upset to Boise State as they go to Waco to play the Baylor Bears. Uh, Chris, who do you have in this one? I'm going to say BYU and uh, I just, I like their team better. Baylor's okay, but I just like BYU here. I'm going to say 31 and I'm going to say 31 to 20. Gotcha. Uh, This one, um, I think, um, I just think BYU will have a bounce back game. Uh, Baylor hasn't been the most overly convincing team um, in the, uh, Big 12, they did have that big win against uh, Iowa State early in the year, and they have definitely put up the big numbers. Um, but the big numbers they put up, I knew they had a blowout one against Kansas and a D2 team. And Texas T- State, I remember, played them tough. Um, and they did and they did blow out West Virginia. But I, I just think BYU hangs on. I think this is going to be a close one, but BYU hangs on to win this one. I'm going to go with a 38-36 to 36 win for the Cougars in this one. Uh, moving on here, another SEC uh, battle, uh, Alabama versus Mississippi State. Um, I'm just going to start out with this one and say, God bless uh, Mississippi State, because you have to deal with Alabama coming off a loss. So may God be with you going into Saturday, because uh, there's going to be some angry Alabama players heading up uh, in Starksville. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, but I really like Mississippi State in this one. I don't think they're going to win, but I like them in this one. I like them to score points. I think it's going to be close. Last year was a blowout, but it was in Alabama. I like Alabama winning this one 35-30. I think Alabama won this one, but I don't think it's going to be as close. I think Alabama is just going to shut the door on them. Um, I think Bama will run away with this one. I'm going to go with a 45-20 to win. I just think they'll find a way to figure out the air raid um, against Mississippi State. Uh, So I have Alabama winning this one. They get the bounce back. Um, And I think from this point on, Alabama is on a warpath. I said this. I kind of compare it to how I did last year when Clemson lost to Notre Dame. It could have actually been the worst thing Notre Dame did because from that point, Clemson was just pissed off for the rest of the year. And you don't want that from a high-caliber team, and you don't want Alabama to be pissed off for the remainder of the year. But that is what we're getting. Uh, We're getting uh, Nick Saban and Alabama. Alabama led team on a very angry war path, just finding their way to try to go back to win and go back to the playoff. Uh, moving on here, uh, definitely another big and exciting game here. Ole Miss and Tennessee. Tennessee definitely starting to come out of the woodworks here uh, and having some very impressive games. Two high octane offenses going at it. Uh, Chris, who do you think in this one? Uh, which offense prevails uh, between these two? I really love this Ole Miss team. I don't hide from that fact. I love this Ole Miss team. I love what Lane Kiffin's doing. I love Matt Corral. Um, I really like that Michigan State team. So those are my two really like, you know, those two teams, you know, are going to be the standouts, I think, by the end of the year. And boom, I'm giving you a score. Guess what this one is? A throwback to that 1996-97 championship, I'm giving you a 52-20 to smashing by Ole Miss. That one I definitely would have got. I think I can name the score of every national champ. I won't because I'm sure people want to listen to something else. 52-20, Okay, so, okay, yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, and that. Um Anyways, besides flexing our useless national championship scoreboard knowledge there, um, I think this one's going to be a very entertaining one. I don't think, you know, the ways Tennessee's hurry-up offense is very similar to Ole Miss's hurry-up kind of RPO type of game, but I think Ole Miss does have the edge and talent. I think Hendon Hooker is a very good um, counter, but I think Ole Miss uh, will win this one. I think it's going to be a high-scoring one, but I have the Rebels uh, winning this one. I'm going to go uh, with a 38-27 to 27 victory for Ole Miss uh, in this one. Uh, moving on here, going on to TCU, the Horned Frogs against Oklahoma. Oklahoma against um, to-be-determined quarterback. Uh, we'll kind of get a tune-up game with a TCU that's kind of having a down year. Uh, Chris, who do you think uh, is going to win this one? And better question is, who do you think is you know going to be starting? I think they're going to go with Caleb Williams. I think they really want to see what happens here, and I think they're going to win big. I got them winning 45-24 in their most comfortable victory of the year. So, yeah, I think they're definitely going to uh, show out, and it's going to be a different team, you know, with, the, with these guys uh, – you know, they were struggling with Spencer Rattler, but I think they're now – going to really put it to people and especially the ones that are not good on their schedule. And TCU is one of those teams. So uh, expect to see Oklahoma to do really well in this game. And like I said, 45, 24 is what I got. 
Yeah. I I'm my kind of hot take of this is that it's actually going to be um they're going to split snaps and they'll get equal playing time. I don't think the way Lincoln Riley has been presenting it that he's going to decide as starter yet. Whether he should or not is, you know, that you know, that's up for debate, but this one I think both of them split time and We'll see how both of them play, but I do have Oklahoma winning this one. I just don't think TCU is having, you know, the year. They've definitely been giving up way too many yards on defense, and they should on that. The offense has been there, but I don't think it's going to be enough to compete with Oklahoma. Um, I have the Sooners winning this one in a runaway. I have a 44 uh, to 24 win for Oklahoma in this one. And well, fine. I was finally, say one point off <laughs> from each other. Yeah, one point off. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Very much like, eh? All right. And finally, Arizona State, Utah uh, in this one. As the Sun Devils and the Wildcats uh, go at it. Uh, Chris, who do you got uh, winning this one in this uh, West Coast matchup? Just real quick on this one. I I think Arizona State's going to win, but I think it'll be closer than, uh, than probably should be. And it's going to be 34-27 Arizona State. Yeah, excuse, excuse me. I meant Arizona State, the Sun Devils. That's... Uh, not the Wildcat. I don't know why I thought Arizona. Uh, Arizona, yeah, Arizona State, this one. I think, um, I guess this counts as an upset pick. I don't know what it Uh-oh. is. I just think Utah, you know, with their, you know, the offense is definitely high octane enough to kind of go blow for blow with the Sun Devils. And I think they'll win this one. I'm going to go kind of somewhere how I said with uh, Oklahoma. I think it'll be a late rally. And I think Utah wins on a game winning field goal. Um, in a high-scoring matchup, so I'm going to go with a 37 to 35 win for the UD. So that's going to be my second pseudo upset pick of the week. Uh, there you go. But yes, that is our picks for this uh, upcoming uh, week of college football. Uh, definitely uh, going to be another exciting week of games. Uh, the our uh, handles uh, as we uh, exit here. Uh, follow uh, Chris and us at HaterRadio.com uh, or at Hater underscore radio and Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow me on YouTube, uh, Instagram at G Gator G capital G underscore Gator capital G. Uh, definitely fun taking the wheel for this one, Chris. Thanks a lot. <laughs> dude, Ian, you killed it, man. Fucking awesome job, dude. Everybody, thank you. And, uh, and to all those listening. Hope we all have a great weekend of college football. Try not to eat too much barbecue because we don't want to have enough uh, heart attacks and have viewers dropping off for next week. All right, everybody. Have a good one. Take care, everybody.